Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Angular. This week on our panel, we have Subrat Mishra. Hey, hey. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. I'm going to shout out real quick about devinfluencers.com slash podcast. I've been talking a lot about how to build your career and get what you want. So, yeah, you're kind of looking for a way to take it to the next level. Go check that out. We have a special guest this week, and it's Jeremy Bardon. Do you want to just introduce yourself? Let us know why you're awesome and famous and amazing and all that stuff. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Uh, Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy. I come from France and uh, I work for a company called uh, Smart Ad Server. It's a tech company working in in the ad tech. In ad tech, we we actually build a platform to deliver ads. So uh, if you have a website and you want to have uh, ads on it, to, so your your website can still be free for your your visitor. It's a nice way uh, to go. We are 25 developers, about 25 developers in uh, in mm-hmm. this company, full stack developers. We we develop on both Angular and .NET Core for the backend part. Mm. And I switch of team like just this week, but uh, I used to work in a team of uh, seven developers working mostly on the front end part. So it's Angular and also NGRX for a state management uh, system. And about my overall experience, I worked with Angular like for five years. I begin with uh, AngularJS, which was the first version of Angular. And then uh, after two years, I switched to uh, to the current Angular with TypeScript and uh, like the full Angular that we know from version two to now uh, version 12. And it's been like three years I, I work on uh, this Angular version. And in my journey, I I uh, started to write some article. First, it was on Medium, like the blog website, when you mm-hmm. can you can write some article and share with the community. I used to uh, write articles about mostly front-end topics. I work on also on back-end, but I I love to write on front-end topics, so that's why I picked. There are some articles about React, Vue, and other technologies. And as now in my two-day work, I uh, a lot focused on Angular. I mostly wrote article on Angular first on Medium, and then I moved to uh, in-depth dev community mm-hmm. because I, I found it's a very great community with like in-depth article, as the title uh, <laughs> says. So there are many uh, advanced content, which is uh, great to evolve as uh, Angular developers. I think. So maybe I have, I don't know, three or four articles on this, uh, this community. When I went freelance, I was still only a few years into my development career. My first contract, I was paid 60 bucks an hour. Due to feedback from my friends, I raised it to 120 bucks an hour on the next contract. And due to the podcasts I was involved in and the screencasts I had made in the past, I started getting calls from people I'd never even heard of who wanted me to do development work for them because I had done that kind of work or talked about or demonstrated that kind of work in the videos and podcasts that I was making. Within a year, I was able to more than double my freelancing rates, and I had more work than I could handle. If you're thinking about freelancing or have a profitable but not busy or fulfilling freelance practice, let me show you how to do it in my Dev Heroes Accelerator. Dev Heroes aren't just people who devs admire, they're also people who deliver for clients who know, like, and trust them. Let me help you double your income and fill your slowdowns. You can learn more at devheroesaccelerator.com. Nice. Yeah, we we seem to be getting a lot of our guests from In-Depth Dev. And it's just because there's terrific stuff there. And yeah, it's a terrific community. I remember when it was just angularindepth.com. And I think it was hosted on Medium. 
And then, yeah, they've yep. moved the platform and everything over. And anyway, terrific stuff there. We should probably get Max or some of the other guys from in-depth on and just talk about, yeah, kind of how they've evolved and what they're looking at building now. But yeah, we came across your article and it was learn advanced Angular features. And then you were talking about building the material tree. And so I'm curious as we kind of jump in and talk about this and uh, just to be clear, we talked yesterday about some of the ng template stuff, but which is something that you cover in your article as well. But what, as we dive into this, because I kind of want to talk through the article a little bit and talk about advanced Angular features, and then we can kind of get into specifics with, okay, you understand this feature now, here's the implementation, right, in, in the material tree. So let's just start there like is there a story behind this article is there something that inspired you to write it and write it this way or yeah there is something actually in my in my team we the designer come up with some designs with a tree view some kind of tree uh, mm -hmm. tree components and we were wondering how we can do it we didn't want to just like create a, a component which is a black box and all items i display the same like can't be uh, customizable at all because mm -hmm. In Smart, we have a common library, a design system with components that, that we share across projects. Right. And we wanted to do a really uh, reusable tree components. So I started to look into uh, how to have customizable uh, components in Angular, and it wasn't that easy. I started with the documentation, the official Angular documentation, but it's for now, it's not really good, well-documented uh, at least. Most of the things, I, I run them in articles, especially mm -hmm. on in-depth dev. So yeah, the, the idea of this article is to, uh, to present some advanced features that you, are available in Angular that can help you to write some reusable components. And the, the tree view is uh, maybe just uh, an excuse to, uh, to show you how to, to use this feature uh, in uh, real life, let's say. Yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like your starting point was building the tree view and then you figured out these advanced features and now you're coming back to show us the advanced features with the tree view. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> At first, I didn't find many documentation or information about those features, but I found that these are awesome features which come with Angular, actually, when you have Angular mm -hmm. installed in your project. It's a, like it's a full framework. It's not like a React or Vue where you need to import some third-party libraries or other stuff to have advanced features. In Angular, you have things for HTTP requests, the router, and a lot of stuff, including the tools that the features that I presented in the article, which are like uh, ng content stuff. Angular have some some custom HTML elements which mm -hmm. can help you to build a reusable component. And it's not something that is presented in the in the documentation. I saw a tweet from uh, Angular, and they uh, they started to focus on documentation. They were running a developer survey at the end of 2020, and uh, a big uh, a big feedback from the community was that it was la la lacking of documentation for advanced feature. And actually, at the beginning of this year, they started to to write a documentation about the first uh, feature that I present in the in the article, which is a content projection using uh, ng content elements. So that's nice to see that they're improving the documentation. Mm -hmm. So what is mm -hmm. the ng content oh, tag? Oh, go ahead, Subrat. No, no, no. Please, please. I will ask after. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
So let's take an example. You all know that in HTML, we have a, a button component. And in this component, usually between the start and the end tag, you can provide a text. Mm -hmm. So then on your page, you have your nice button with your little text, and it's uh, very good. And actually, I, I don't know if you tried it, but between this end and this start and end tag, you can also provide whatever you want. You can provide an image, and then you will uh, have a button with your text and beside an image. So you can pretty much put everything in your button. So it means that the button component from like the basic HTML component for a button is fully reusable. You can put everything inside. And actually, that's what we do with uh, ng contents. In regular components, you just you just write the elements on your template. So, for instance, app button. Then you give some properties, some inputs, and you you have a closing tag. So you put nothing between the start and the end tag of your elements. And actually, you can you can provide some things between them. And like the button, when between the start and the end tag, you can provide a text, but also a text plus an icon plus a lot of HTML. You can also do it with an Angular component. And the way to uh, to display it inside your component, because if you provide it between the start and end tag, and you start to you render your components on your app, you won't see anything, actually. It will be completely empty. So to tell Angular that he has to get what you pass between the start and end tag and display it in your component, that's where you use the ng content elements mm. from Angular. So you tell it to catch the reference to the piece of HTML you provided and to uh, display it in the component. And there cool. Are some, yeah, yeah, I think to <laughs> Yeah, I think just a single line, we can describe it as a, if, if we want to pass HTML to our component, using ng content, we can render that inside our content component. Yep, right. And we also have right, some so it's a pretty useful yep. features. We have some advanced uh, advanced options for ng content. You can choose to uh, render the whole HTML that you pass to a component, but you you could you can also have a select property on the ng content element to only select parts of the HTML that you provided. So for instance, if you if you provided a title, so h1 tag and a div you can do uh, ng content select h1 and we, it will only catch the h1 tag that you passed in so it's a very basic but very uh, powerful way to have some reusability in your in your components that's cool subrat were you trying yes, to so, chime uh, in on that too yes so about uh, actually i just remind myself about the a tree use case in my previous company so what was the use case was so uh, in the server we have a certain folder format inside that we have files and in the client also means in in the browser uh, you, you, users should also see the same format as a tree structure but we we'll, we don't have the access to directly we just can get the data from what the server is and at that time i have used the cdk tree and it was i think just uh, came cdk just came at that time and drag and drop feature was a little bit tricky <laughs> at that time. So it's just reminding me. So I think tree structure is pretty useful in all the cases. Not only like uh, giving hierarchy, also a lot of places we have checkboxes. So it can, it can be also 
added like a tree structure and i think now now it's 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 pretty good like let me just explain we can add multiple component and uh, that is uh, that is pretty good yeah it's good to have a reusable uh, component tree but you you also have use cases like uh, at smart we have use cases with uh, lists that you have a list and each item should be a slightly different different or when you where uh, we use uh, on another page the same component we we want to uh, each item to be displayed uh, a bit differently and it's the same for also a select like select a list that when you click on it you you have a list of things that you can select sometimes you want to have a different display like some sometimes it's just a text sometimes it's an icon plus a text sometimes you have a title and subtitle and so on so it happens in a lot of components that we need to have something uh, very uh, reusable i think it happens at the point where you want to you have multiple angular apps or you have a, a big application where you have different uh, different use cases for the same component yeah yeah i think currently like the the ng container i think yesterday also we have, we have i think charles already explained that we have discussed about the ng template outlet and the outlet context so those things are as you told that also the uh, documentation is needed because a lot of people just seeing the very uh, fewer amount of documentation it's not that clear and also if you don't give a pretty good example it will not come to our brain that in which other use cases we'll use this type of context with our template outlet or or the cdk tree with, uh, with our ng container i think that's that's why your article comes and help us yeah that's right actually i i saw i saw a tweet uh, just i don't know maybe one week one week that angular team say that they added pages for ng content ng template and ng uh, container special tags that you are uh, available in angular so now when you go on the angular documentation and uh, in the search bar you search for ng contents you will at least end up with some uh, api documentation like so that's the, the first step and then they also have some guides some special guides so you were mentioning ng templates they do have some documentation about it but for me it's a bit hard to understand like the the page the article is very long the documentation for it is very long with many examples which is great because you have many examples but i saw other documentations such as the one for view most of the time the uh, explanation even for uh, complex things such as the ng template which is in a uh, in view it's called a, a slot yes it's a it's a mm -hmm. slot i don't remember well the name but it's a slot that you can pass some parameters to it it's copped slot i think and the documentation is like maybe one piece of code and two paragraphs and that's it you you understand that it works and it's it's fine you can use it right away you have as well some bad practices and good practices uh, stuff just besides to warn you when you you should use it and when you should not and i think that's the kind of things which are missing in the angular documentation that's why when you search for something usually when you at least for me when i'm looking for something in angular and i typed in google like i don't know uh, how to use uh, ng content the first answer won't be the angular documentation for sure it will be some kind of article probably mm -hmm. on in-depth dev <laughs> 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 so it's quite a pity because for for Vue.js, when i i started to learn 
for Vue <coughs> and even for React. When you search for something on Google, you end up in the official documentation. Documentation, And if it's not the first link, it's at least the second or the third one. Mm -hmm. But for Angular, it's uh, slightly uh, different, which is uh, a bit bad because Angular has many features and it's if you don't know that they exist, you won't use them. Yeah, it Even has tons it, of yeah. features, yeah. yeah. And we are yet to discover. Yep. <laughs> so yes, we talked before about ng-contents. So it only takes one piece of HTML and uh, display it in your component. You have other ways to provide, to have reusable components. You can use ng-templates. So it's uh, like the, the level two of uh, reusability, I would say. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's The syntax is complex, honestly. When you come across this the first time, you're like, wow, my God, <laughs> how does it work? <laughs> you need many examples to, uh, to understand because you have some special syntax. With the ng template, actually, what you provide is a bit like a, like a component. You have a blueprint of HTML, and then you can provide some, uh, some context to this template. So Angular will use this HTML and replace the, your placeholder, your variable, with the variable values. So if we take, as an example, the CDCode3, what we do is that we provide a, a template for an element in the tree. We provide to the component the list of items we want to display. So it's a, it's a structure when you can put whatever properties you want, for instance, a name, uh, I don't know, an ID, this kind of properties. And then the component itself, we loop over the items that you provided, and it will instantiate the ng template, providing in the each node. So uh, each node will have particular display, and it will change according to the item that you, you provided. So you can have here something very customizable. It's like ng contents, but you can provide variables inside. And it's the responsibility of a silica tree to provide the context. Whereas in ng templates, it's you, like your component, you're providing HTML. You have a context, you have a variables in your component. And the silica tree is only taking the HTML and display it. Whereas with the ng templates, it's a bit smarter. It takes the blueprint that you provided, the ng templates, and it provides the, some variables, some context to output the, the final uh, HTML. Uh, I remember I have used ng content lots of places in, in our ng if then else. Those, mm -hmm. those cases we, will, like we, have, we have used ng content. I think many of us may have used, but uh, obviously if we go deep down inside, it, we can do a lot of things with that. Yep, and actually, the, as I said before, the, the ng template, the ng template syntax is very bad, but it's like a bit assumed by Angular team. That's why, and it's the last uh, part of the article, we have directi special directives called structural directives. So in Angular, we have two kinds of directives. We, we have what's called attribute directives and structural directives. And here we are talking about structural directives. So it's basically basically a bit like a component, like you provide an edgy template and some context, some data, like inputs, and it's, uh, it's able to, uh, to render the template 
and providing the data to it. And actually, when you use you use structural directives, you have a better syntax for the ng template. You don't need to write ng template and then all the variables that you need for your for your template. You can use the special syntax with a star, like we have for ng if, for instance, or for ng for. For you, it's completely transparent. Like you use ng for, and you know that it will render your your div. If you put it on a div, it will render it multiple times. And each time it will use the current element value to display. But when the Angular uh, compiler uh, see these kind of expressions, actually under the hood, it's it's a ng template with some parameters. So the Angular team developed some special syntax for uh, structural directives, and it's a bit documented in the, it's a, a bit documented yes in the Angular documentation, and it's called a micro syntax. That's where you can put, like, when you want to loop over a list, you can do uh, let item of items, and then you can uh, grab the current index, or you can grab some other uh, properties on the on the list. So, like, such as if it's the first element in the list, or if it's if it's the last element in the list. So, the, this syntax is nice to use, easy to use, I think. But under the hood, it's all uh, about uh, ng templates and some hard to understand uh, syntax. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think uh, I remember. I think long back, I guess one year before, I have a video like how you can make your own ng if, and in yeah. that, if I remember, I like I have used like I just explained what's in the in the documentation, so you can create your own ng if, but give a di- different name. So that yep. everybody will be confused. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very advanced feature. So I, yeah, it's for for me the the thing that we I present in this article, such as ng content, ng template, even structural directives, I, are quite advanced. So it's good to know that they exist. You can use them mm-hmm. if your use case is uh, completely uh, is your use case match these features. But in you don't use them every day. Like you do, you won't use a ng template every day. I think it's good to know that they're there, but you can still rely on components and inputs for most of the work. It's only when you need some reusability, when like in the context of a tree or of a list or something else, that you can push and use some advanced features such as such as a ng content or a ng uh, template. It's, I think, like you, when you are new to a technology, you, uh, or even in, as a developer, you tend to discover some very nice features. Say, oh, it's very cool. I want to use it in my code. Uh, it looks nice. Uh, but honestly, it's easier to, uh, for everyone to understand when you use a component with inputs compared to an implementation with uh, a structural directive or with uh, ng templates. So uh, yeah, most of the time you need to to be careful about that and not fall into the trap of always using very advanced uh, code and complex to understand uh, code when you don't need it. So I think, uh, try, yeah. Hey folks, if you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production. And you can go sign up at devchat.tv slash premium. So I think use the abstraction by the, the framework. So they have put a lot of abstraction and that's the, that's a very good thing for all of us. 
Yeah. Like the yeah, sure. like the ng for you don't need to think about much. It's just a for loop. Put it. There yeah. Are a lot <laughs> of things happening, and and I love abstraction. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, actually, I, I tried re- React for a while just on my spare time, and for me it was a bit weird to have to uh, loop over uh, my data and output some HTML. It was like uh, I was writing some old jQuery code or PHP, <laughs> uh, <laughs> concatenating some string together, and yeah, it, it was a bit. Uh, <laughs> I hope bit some React developer is not listening to this. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they're going to come back and go, oh yeah, well, what about this in Angular? <laughs> yeah, anyway, all, all, uh, all websites are written using uh, PHP and uh, WordPress, uh, Drupal, uh, CMS. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's always needed. <laughs> but yes, I really like the template syntax that we have also in Vue. In Vue, we also have some directives. Uh, like I think it's called uh, VE for V4 to to loop over uh, mm-hmm. to loop over stuff. And uh, yes, I very like this this way of doing uh, of working with uh, HTML. And actually, to continue a bit on some not well known features that we have in Angular, I saw an, an article which is also on EdepDev again, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> written by a GDE, so Google Developer Expert in in Angular. And uh, he talked about some other little things uh, that are not documented, like uh, that you you don't use them uh, a lot, but uh, it's like uh, ng non-bindable. I don't know if you know what uh, what does it means. Ng non-bindable. No. <laughs> uh-uh. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't use them often. Actually, I didn't uh, use it, but uh, it's when you want to uh, to provide some. Um, some special HTML using uh, Angular syntax, but you want you want Angular to not interpret it. Like for instance, in your page, you want to display some Angular code, like with uh, ng4 and ngif and other stuff, and you don't want uh, Angular to actually interpret the code and try to loop over uh, things. You just want to display the text ng4 and with uh, the whole mm-hmm. syntax. Ooh. So it's a bit like saying to Angular, it just text. Don't try to uh, <laughs> don't try to do something there. <laughs> like if we put inside a code, will that not solve the issue? Like uh, code it, as a string. Yeah, it will just be a yeah a, st- a string. You won't try to uh, le- just like regular uh, regular HTML, but it will be displayed uh, as a text. And you have other uh, little things such as you have also a ng preserve white space white spaces because in your template you can have many uh, many uh, white spaces. In some places, but but once uh, the Angular compiler compiles your templates into into JavaScript, it will uh, strip all the all the white spaces. But in some cases, you want your space to be uh, to be kept. So you have a, a special uh, directive called uh, called the uh, ng preserve white space, which is just for this use case. I didn't use it either, mm-hmm. but it's good to know that it exists because the day you need it. It's uh, it's good to know. <laughs> Else you'll keep on putting ampersand and BSP colon ampersand and BSP colon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I in the same article that you have a NGSP semicolon uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Just like for NG for okay. Angular. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> the difference with uh, NBSP, uh, NBSP uh, annotation, but yeah, there is something. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, lots of lots of features. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, very, uh, very good. That's also why I think it's uh, a bit scary for new developers when they need to, uh, when they just learned, they did a, a code camp or just a camp and they learned JavaScript. And then they know that if they want a job, they need to at least know about one framework. And I think that's why React and Vue are a bit simpler to use for uh, newcomers. Like mm-hmm. you have many tutorials mm-hmm. and it's easy to uh, to use. You can even just put a, just import a view in a HTML5 and use it and that's it. It works. But in Angular, you have TypeScript, so you need to compile your stuff and uh, <laughs> it's uh, complex. To, the learning curve is not the same compared to, to Vue. And yeah, the, I think that's great to have uh, new other frameworks with an easier uh, learning curve. And But in, uh, in Angular, what's good and uh, that's so bad that sometimes people won't won't try to I think to learn Angular because there are too many things and it just looks too complex. When you when you want to just create a simple app and you you see the React example, it seems like uh, very easy to to do and it works. And in Angular, you will have uh, to run NGCLI. You will have a lot of different files. You will have to know a bit about TypeScript. If you want to do some requests, you will need to uh, know a bit also about uh, RxJS, uh, which is uh, <laughs> not easy to uh, yeah, to understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At yeah. first, I, I began to write some code with Angular, but it was uh, all about we uh, fork join. We we use uh, only a fork join on, in uh, Rx uh, JS code. And we just uh, bind uh, the result of the request to, uh, to a property in the class. And uh, <laughs> we do like if, it, if it's an input. But uh, in the end, uh, Angular comes with RxJS and it's built on it. So when you, you learn mm-hmm. how to use it properly, it's very good. When you start to use uh, like the async pipe, for instance, it's very, uh, yeah. very, very interesting. But it's many, many, many things to... Uh, <laughs> to learn yeah i think if like the other side is if if a de- developer is a back-end developer and then they are switching to front-end then i think they will they will love angular because it's completely object oriented and it's uh, like how the brain is already wired the object oriented structure they will create classes they will create interfaces they will combine together yeah. i think this angular angular follows from the beginning and about RxJS, uh, yeah, obviously, in the for a, for a beginner, it, it, in starting, it, it looks like uh, what's happening, what's the observable, and how it's working. But once once you understood, it's a, it's a pretty pretty good gift by the community of RxJS. It's the patent they're following, and 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 it's it saves you lots of time. Yeah, but you, you need to change a bit your mindset, like your yep. your mindset to uh, understand ob- observable works and your you will start to work to uh, write your code in a different way compared to to before, and uh, the shift is not is not easy to uh, <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To, to do. And actually, uh, I um, I read an article. You speak about backend developers switching to uh, to frontend and especially to Angular. I read an article talking about why I don't remember the whole title, but it was it was like why uh, I was almost fired because I uh, I picked React as a framework. And the, <laughs> <laughs> the story was that they, they did a new project and a lot of backend developers comes for this project 
and they picked React for uh, for this. But it was very like not easy for uh, backend developers to find their way in React because you you have classes but you don't have DI dependency injection. Mm-hmm. You don't have interfaces. You don't have many uh, many things. And at the end of the article, uh, the advice was that if you are a backend developer, you probably want to go with Angular and don't try Vue or React because it's closer to what you what you already know and what you already do on the backend part. So the, yeah. the learning curve is a bit better. Mm. I think nowadays everybody wants to be full stack. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think it depends. I've talked to a lot of people that want to be full stack and I've talked to a lot of people that just want to focus on Angular or just want to focus on React and they just want to be on the front end. Of course, I've talked to other people that don't want to have anything to do with the front end. <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, they especially on like the Ruby and Elixir podcasts that we have, they just, they don't have any interest whatsoever in working on the front end. So they'll build the APIs, they'll manage the data on the back end and they'll let somebody else manage the front end. I think it's especially true uh, because sometimes backend developers and even me, I'm a bit scared of CSS, like I'm not uh, a good at CSS. (laughs) (laughs) I can do it, but but, uh, it takes time to me. And in a previous job, uh, we had some someone dedicated to uh, like, uh, we we did our work, we have HTML, the interface is completely ugly. And we send it to him saying that you need to look like it. And like in one hour or two hours, it's already done and nice and easy to use and <laughs> like perfect. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty good at trial and erroring my way through CSS. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. CSS guys are artists. <laughs> artists yeah. with a, with a lo- logical thinking. Yep, yep. Yeah. And yeah, at Smart, actually, we, uh, as I said before, we have. We have 20, uh, 25 developers, full stack developers, but we also have a, a backend team, which is working mm-hmm. on the, on the core of products. It's like when, when someone goes into your website, it calls for our, our service and then the backend need to pick the proper ad to display. And mm-hmm. it's a big, very, very big, uh, project where you need to have something with, which is very perf- performant. Because when someone goes on on, on your website, uh, you need uh, it to load uh, very fast. So you want your website to be slow just because of uh, of the ads. So uh, we have we do have some backend, a uh, lot of backend developers working on uh, on .NET Core, and they only work on this part because it's very uh, critical. Like in uh, in the ad tech domain, we have something called uh, called RTB for real real time bidding. So actually, it's when when you want ads on your uh, on your website, but you don't have any contract with uh, with I don't know, for instance, uh, Nike or other uh, or Apple or other companies to display ads, it will automatically send a bid, and uh, all people who want to display an ad will uh, will bid, just like in a few milliseconds, and the one which will uh, win will have its uh, ad display on the website in the end. And we do have like I don't remember the the correct uh, numbers, but it's billions of bid requests per month, uh, like maybe 100 billions. So you need to have mm-hmm. a, <laughs> a robust infrastructure, and you you need to have some very uh, high skilled backend developers. And I, I think it's harder for a full stack to work on this because you need to 
to have some really, really advanced uh, knowledge uh, about uh, how an API work and to uh, work with caching and other other stuff that you you don't uh, you you know a bit but not uh, not enough to work on this kind of uh, critical uh, piece of uh, of software. Hmm. All right. Well, have we uh, we covered everything in this article? Yeah. Are there, are there more things that we want to make sure that we mention before we go to picks? Actually, I have an article. I think yeah, I send I send you the link. It's uh, written by by some guys working on uh, Tiger UI. I don't know if you you know uh, you know him. His name is uh, is Alex. He's working on Tiger UI. It's an uh-huh. Angular library that they developed at the company is Tinkoff. I think it's a Russian company, and uh-huh. it's a brand new uh, component library where you have buttons, lists, and other stuff. And the the thing about it is that it's uh, highly reusable and it uses a lot of advanced uh, Angular feature, including ng templates, ng contents. And they actually created a small library, which is included in, uh, in Tiger UI. It's called, it's called uh, ng Polymorpheus. I think he, he wrote an article about, the, about this. It was very interesting because it uses... Uh, the idea of uh, the library is that for reusability, you can either pass a primitive, so a number, string, or something that you want to display in the component. Mm-hmm. You can provide a function. If you want to uh, to calculate something before uh, displaying it, you can provide an ng template, as we talked about before. But you can also provide a component to display, and it's uh, it's all wrapped into a nice uh, nice API. Like you have two you have two attributes. One is content, and the other one is context. So, for instance, uh, the content is the ng template or the component, and the context. Will be the variables or the uh, the component inputs, and the, I think this library ng Morpheus is a great example on uh, how to make a reusable component using very advanced uh, Angular features. I think that's where I started to uh, to learn about uh, ng template and other features in Angular for reusability. Cool, very cool. And what's what's the how do people find that? Is there like a web page for it or something? Yeah, uh, sorry, it's uh, about uh, it's, you can you can go on GitHub and just search for ng polymorphers and you will uh, for sure okay. end up uh, on the repository. Cool. Let's think, let's go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> the, nope, the article. Good. The article. I think if you try to uh, to search on Google, it's called agnostic component, something like this. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously an in-depth dev as an <laughs> article about Angular. <laughs> right. Cool. We'll definitely check that out. I think I think we're kind of at the point where we're going to do some picks and wrap up. But before we do that, if people want to contact you, is there a good way to see what you're working on? Probably GitHub, Twitter, something like that? I think it, I'm not very active, to be honest, on the, on the Angular community. But if you send me, uh, send me an email, uh, a tweet, I will for sure uh, answer. Sometimes people are tweeting about, uh, yes, I, I liked your article and uh, I always uh, answered. Even in, uh, in DevDev, you can now uh, mm-hmm. have comments under the article. So I, I uh, regularly uh, answer the questions. And if you're interested in other articles that I wrote, I have a website hosted on GitHub that I've written the link. It's jbarden.github.io. And you have the list of all the articles I, I wrote before. 
because some are on in-depth dev, but other I also on Medium and other uh, platforms in case you're interested. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move into picks. Hey, folks, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been working a lot on figuring out how to help people become the most valuable developers on their teams or becoming the top 5% of developers in the field. If you're looking to level up, figure out how to contribute more, get the career you want, get the career that you want that will support the lifestyle you want, then you should check out the Most Valuable Dev Summit. I've invited some of my friends across the community, people that you've heard of, people that have worked on systems that you use on a daily basis, people who have invented new ways of doing things over the years in programming, and I've asked them one question, and that question is, how do you become a top 5% developer? How do you become one in 20 of the best developers out there? And so we're going to go ahead and have that conversation with them in interviews on the Most Valuable Dev Summit. And you can find that at summit.mostvaluable.dev. Subrat, do you have some things you want to pick? Yeah, yeah. so uh, I think recently GitHub launched a product called Copilot. Mm-hmm. And that just blew off my mind. Like, is it uh, how, how it's writing code? I have applied for the enrollment. I haven't been approved yet, but it's it's giving a lot of option and and it's it's pretty cool. So it's uh, now I'm hearing a lot of things. Will it take our jobs? <laughs> will it uh, <laughs> do, like in the future? Will Microsoft first acquiring GitHub, then acquiring OpenAI, and that's that the stuff? But I think it will not. Uh, it will just help us to improve. Yep, absolutely. It looks really cool. I definitely yeah. want to play with it myself. I'm going to throw in some picks here myself. So it's funny. I don't know why I haven't seen some of these movies, but my wife and I, we do a date night every week. And it seems like every other week we're just going to you know, stay home because we have to be around for the kids or something. And and so we just order in dinner and, and have a movie, send the kids upstairs to their rooms to do stuff. And we just kind of have a night together. And we were, so we were uh, going through Netflix and I had never seen Dances with Wolves. And so we, <laughs> we wound up watching that. It's a movie from the night, from 1990 and has Kevin Costner in it. And it was, it was really good. So I'm going to pick that. I'm still listening to Atlas Shrugged. And so I'm going to pick that as well. And then I've also kind of picked up another book because I'm, I'm part of this group and we're reading this book now. And it's called The... What is it? The Relentless Elimination of Hurry. I think that's what it's called. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But it just talks about how you're probably hurrying because you're not getting everything you want in life and you're trying to cram all this stuff in. And anyway, it was really fascinating to kind of read through the book or read through. I'm only like a chapter in, but just have them explain, hey, look, you know, you're you're hurrying and you're messing stuff up, but also you're hurrying because you're stressed out because you're worried about all this stuff and you don't need to be right. And so uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, probably have a much better explanation of what it's about once I've gotten a little further into it. But just the, the, the initial premise I thought was really, really good. And it was terrific at just kind of sitting you down and saying, okay, what can you eliminate? You know, what can you eliminate that's causing you to hurry? What are you focused on? that may or may not be important. And yeah, anyway, so those are my picks. Jeremy, do you have some picks for us? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got some. Actually, a colleague of mine told me about uh, geocaching. I don't know if you know what, mm-hmm. what it is. 
actually it's uh, it's an it's an application uh, where people will hide some stuff in uh, in the city or in the like uh, outdoor and you will uh, have a map in your in your app with the location the approximate location of uh, the hidden treasure let's say <laughs> and you have some some uh, hints how to to find it i think it's a great uh, great activity like with my wife we uh, we used to just uh, have a stroll sometime, someday. And it's nice that you have a stroll, but you will also try to find for uh, as much as possible hidden treasures with the app. And I think it's a yeah, great a great uh, activity to to have if you want to do to go outdoor. It's uh, accessible for, uh, for children as well. So it's a very nice uh, thing, uh, I, I think. And maybe uh, another pick on, on uh, the technical side, Recently, we we had Angular 12 out, and it was very nice to see that all other uh, libraries related to Angular, in the same week, they also released uh, a 12 version. Like for instance, uh, NGRX, we had version 12 on the same week. The same form for uh, NX Workspace, which is a uh, let's say. Uh, Angular CLI plus <laughs> plus <laughs> with more uh, <laughs> with more features. It was all the same week, so that's very nice. And I think uh, I'm not totally sure, but in uh, in Angular 12, we we might be able to opt in for uh, IV compilation for our libraries. So in the end, we will succeed to have everything uh, using the new uh, rendering engine and uh, get rid of the view engine and have everything written in IV. It will be very, uh, very uh, nice step for for Angular. Yep, absolutely. And we've talked a bit about Angular 12, so I'll put a link to in the show notes for that as well. Yeah. So that yeah, if people are looking for kind of an audio explanation of what's in it. We had one of the developer evangelists come on and talk through it. So oh, cool. Thanks. Well, thanks for coming, Jeremy. It, this was a lot of fun. Interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. We're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Until next time, folks. Max out. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.